my life. It's in my DNA. From above the water and below the surface. It's who I am. G'day and welcome to Al McGlashan's podcast. Now, we are up to, can you believe this? Episode 11. I can't believe I've done 10 episodes. Now, you think I started this back in January when my sister-in-law, Rach, goes, you need to do podcasts. I didn't even know what podcasts were back then. And in this time, we're now up to, well, episode 11. I'm pretty impressed. And I have to say, and I've said it before, I'm overwhelmed by the response that I've had. Everyone's come back loving it. I can't believe anyone can put up with my voice for that long. You should hear what my editors think when we're making the TV shows and the docos. They don't like hearing my voice as much. So first up, a big thank you to everyone for being so interested in all the crap I talk. Now, this week, we've been getting a lot of feedback on what to do. And one thing that keeps popping up, Sydney Harbour. It's an absolute favourite of mine. So it's really, well, put it this way, I'm kind of excited to do this one. And on top of that, photography tips. Everyone keeps talking and asking about how to get some photography tips. Now, we couldn't find anyone decent to help you. So I'm going to just try and waddle my way through it and see if I can get anything to work. So Sydney Harbour. Now, for me, I started down in Melbourne when I first came to Sydney, which was back in 2000. In fact, no, the first time I came to Sydney was with my gran when I was about, I don't know, six or seven. And we had a unit just on the top side there near the Harbour Bridge. And she wanted to go and do all the sites and do all the things because they used to live here and, you know, being pommy diplomats and all that stuff. And all I wanted to do was get a hand line and go and fish. And there's still to this day a little pier down there that you sit off the end and, and I probably, and all I caught were crabs, not those crabs, actual crabs, you know, the ones in the water crabs. And that's all I did for, I think, three days. And I think I drove the poor old deer insane. She wanted to go and see the zoo and do all the things. All I wanted to do is sit off the end of the pier with a hand line. And I'm still doing it to this day. Mind you, I've got a boat now. So the great thing about moving up here in 2000 is I've seen the massive change of Sydney Harbour from what it was to what it is now is nothing short of spectacular. So if we go right back to start with, so if we go right back to where it all started, now I'm talking right back to early civilization for the for the English. So James Cook obviously discovered it back in 1770 and he just sailed straight past, didn't even come in. Talked about Botany Bay, but went straight past Sydney Harbour. And it wasn't until the first fleet arrived in 1788 with a pile of convicts, could have been my old man on there too, and I would love to have seen what it was like then. Because over the years, well, put it this way, we've used it as a dumping ground, we've treated it like crap. But on the upside, the great thing about Sydney is there's still lots of national parks or nature reserves all around the edge there, which really, really makes it unique. Because Sydney Harbour is really a drowned estuary system and it was carved out of sandstone 29 million years ago before anyone was around. And of course, when the sea level rose, which I think, I don't know, 15,000, 20,000 years ago, it flooded it and created the harbour. So it's such a unique environment. But today, it's surrounded by sub- suburbia. Like, it's everywhere the whole way around it and it's still really good. The thing is, we have treated it like crap. We really have. We've dumped stuff in there and there's dachshunds and God knows what underneath there. And, but it is absolutely alive with fish. And do you know, there's something like 620 species recorded in the harbour. 
Now, bear in mind, this is how good this is. If you think of it, the whole of Northern Europe has less than, or I think it's around 200 species. So just in the harbour, you have more species, three times more species than the whole of Northern Europe. That is pretty impressive. Now, the deepest part is right under, pretty much underneath the Sydney Harbour Bridge there, famous icon, and right in front of Pier 2 where the guys go land-based fishing, which we'll touch on a bit later on. And I get, I think it's down to, I think it's 50 or I think it's almost 60 metres there. So it's a pretty amazing spot. When I first fished back in 2000, the harbour was bloody hard fishing. So we had two problems. One is we've dumped all the pollutants into the river and we're still doing it to this day because everything off those roads is going into the harbour. And I will go into that a bit later on because we have to give the greenies a bit of a hard time because they have no idea what they're doing and they're stuffing things up. But in the early years, or when I first started, all I wanted to do was catch kingfish. Never saw a kingy because the kingfish traps had just been taken out, which I think was 1996, and that had decimated kingfish stocks in New South Wales, and it was taking them a while to come back. So the first couple of years, I didn't even see kingies, but they were also commercial fishing in the harbour. Now, I'm a big fan of commercial fishing, but you cannot drag nets up and down the Parramatta River and say it's helping the system. It's just not working at all. So they got removed in 2006 because of the dioxin levels, which are the old pollutants, you know, we were putting some seriously nasty things in. So you should not be eating fish upstream of the Harbour Bridge. It should be strictly catch and release because if you eat it and you eat a bit of fish there, the dioxins are through the roof. So it should be a catch and release zone up there, trust me. But the great thing is removing the commercial fishing, and particularly the prawn trawling, which is the main food source, once that was removed from the system, literally it exploded. Now, I launch up at sort of, you know, Kissing Point and I do it up at Wharf Road to see the change in those years. Because I'm doing anything up to 100, 130 days on the harbour is insane. Those early days, the river was barren, there was no life in it. You know, with all the trawling and stuff, you had to duck and weave all the trawlers. Now, put the boat in, there's brims swimming around the ramp, there's toadies, there's bait fish, there's tailor. The place is just absolutely alive. And we're working on the, all, the, all the poisons, all that going in the water. We've still got further to go, but it's coming back. And that's why it's so rich in life. And the reason we get 600 species in the harbour is because the East Australian current pushes down the coast and all these tropical species... Sp- all these tropical species, I should say, come in and end up being trapped in the harbour. So you've got just about anything in there. And over the years, I've caught everything from marlin heads, massive sharks, kingies, flathead, brim, grinners, all these crazy fish that you never imagined, and they're all in the harbour. Like, it is an absolutely amazing environment. Well, let's start off with some of the amazing things I've seen in the harbour over the years. I think that's probably the best point to start. And one of them is when we get the bait balling. Now, we're going to go into catching pelagics in the harbour because that's one of my most favourite things. In fact, yesterday, howling winds, middle of winter, went out there, there's kingfish blowing up everywhere, and we're catching them. In the middle of winter, not another boat. Mind you, it was blowing 35 knots. I think it peaked at 40 knots. But this is the beauty of the harbour, is that you can still go fishing, in literally any weather, because in the harbour, there's so many little bays and nooks and crannies. You can get out of the wind, you can do it in a kayak, you can do it in a boat, you can do it in a cruiser, it doesn't matter. You can do it in a canoe, for God's sake. It's just 
endless opportunities. And when you think of it, it's fed by the Lane Cove River, Middle Harbour, all the way up through there as well, and of course the Parramatta. You've got all these systems that feed it, and it is alive with fish. And the great thing is that we've actually changed it over the years. I think there's something like 20,000 boats board in the harbour. It's now one of the most, the busiest harbours in the world for its size. Like it's only small because you think of it. And that's what makes it so good. So now with all these boats, you've got all these structures. You've got wharves and piers and all these things, which actually enhance it. So they're not bad for it. They're good for it. So when the greenies carry on about it, it's actually good. We do need to sort out seagrass beds. Why we put moorings in seagrass beds? Come on, guys, seriously. Anyway, so all these boat moorings are all, you know, structure. You've got all the wars, piers, all the infrastructure everywhere that actually enhances the environment. And species like brim and flathead and everything just thrive on it. So back to where I was talking. So one of the great things is because it's it's got a lot of, you know, nutrients coming in, is the bait fish stack up in the harbour. And every now and then, normally in in sort of your autumn period, it all comes in and you get this bait balling effect with little frogmouth pilchards and white bait. And several years ago, it was all happening right at the harbour bridge. Now, this is one of the busiest points in the whole whole harbour because you've got Circular Quay. You, they now put ocean liners in there, you know, all those people doing the big get on the Terps and go on a cruise, all that sort of stuff. They pull in there as well. But it's also a bottleneck in the harbour and the deepest point, so everything has to be flushed out through this point. So it's actually one of the best places to catch pelagics. And this year, they're all bait balling and it's right in front of the Sydney Harbour Bridge and the Opera House and all these Aussie icons. And I'm fishing with my mate Tom Eisenhammer, freshwater as we call him, and we're sitting there trying to catch, you know, there's kingies, there's bonito, there's tailor, even yakkers are getting in on these poor things and they're bait balling. Instead of catching them, all I wanted to do was get a shot. So I'm, you can't jump in the water there, obviously. Let's be sensible about it. Not for sharks, more for getting run over. So I'm up on the side of the boat. I've got the underwater gear there, the old Aquatech housing, and we're driving up beside the bait. And luckily the bait's trying to trap under the boat. So I'm trying to get these split shots with the bait and the boat opera house and this bridge and everything going on and it took me all morning didn't catch bugger all but now i'm getting these iconic shots where you've got a split shot so the bait underneath pushed up against the surface and then the bridge and the opera house and everything the city all as a backdrop like it's still one of those things it's just amazing and the key is and this is a not a technical photographic tip but a tip is that when you see these things just stop. Just stop and get the shot. It's all about the shot. Because you know what? At the end of it, when you go, oh, yeah, it was really great, you know, saw this. If you haven't got a photo, no one believes you. So have your gear ready to go at all times. Mine sits in the boat. It's every trip I go and the underwater gear is there ready. And just trying to get the shot and, and keep the, obviously try and keep the horizon straight. Pre-focus if you can. And if you're doing shots like this where you're doing split shots, you really want a larger depth of field because you're not going to get the city and all that in focus in the background if it's like an you know f3.2 or 2.8 or something like that you really want f8 f11 f16 god if you could get an f22 out of it so i shoot manual for that and you want it so that you can keep your shutter speed high enough so that you can still you know because obviously everything's moving so you really want you know argument's sake 250 
to 500, sort of around that sort of stage, shutter speed, get your, you know, get your um, aperture right up as much as you can to open up. And obviously then your ISO is going to go up, which is why you use better gear for it. But yeah, little tips like that. And to this day, I still remember it. And the funny thing is, after that, we drove around to, where did we go around to after that? Around to Middle Harbour and found more kings blowing up in there and shot more photos and video. So that's it, these days when it happens, you just grab everything you can and go for it. And this is the beauty, the harbour. You can just go for a quick cruisy fish. It's one of those things that's just so easy to do, you know. You just scoot out and you can do it. God, everyone lives on the harbour. Well, all the rich people do, not me. I'm not rich enough to live on the harbour. I live way up the river. But what I'm saying is that it's easy and accessible. You can get straight onto it and go fishing and, of course, get great photos. Now, another one, speaking of photos, was the sharks. Sydney Harbour has a lot of sharks. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But a couple of years ago, we had a, a spate of everyone getting eaten by the bull sharks. Now, research has shown that the bull sharks come in around December, January, and they go in March. So whether they're sporting, I'm not sure what they're doing, but they're probably coming to feed. And we had a spate there where a few people got bitten outside and inside, and there was a famous one, a, a diver, um, De Gelder, I think his name was, who was working for the Navy, got attacked just off the fort there, right in the middle, you know, off... Um, uh, Garden Island, and the next day, like, I'm sitting there, and Mal Holland, my good mate from the Daily Telegraph, goes, oh, we should go for fish, we should see if we can see a shark. And he said, oh, it's been heaps, I've seen them around all the time. So we go out, and we go up into Chowder Bay, which is a deep bay, and it's a really good spot, because the bait stacks up in there, and wherever you find mac tunas, frigate mackerel, these are all the things the bull sharks are hanging around. So we're up in this bay, we had uh, Craig Greenhill, the, the photographer on board, and Justin Duggan, who we're going to do a do a podcast with him down the track because he does the fly fishing harbour, hooked up one of these little, uh, not a Mac tuna, it was a little frigate mackerel. I'm like, oh, that's the one. Grabbed it off him, said, thanks, mate. He's going to let it go. Put a hook in it, sent it back down. And within seconds, we're hooked up. And we're fishing on 50-pound gear going, okay, this is a big fish, eh? So we're fighting this fish. And, of course, there's a bit of hype going on, you know. Everyone's a bit nervous. People have been eaten by sharks, as they should be. So we've hooked this fish in the middle of the morning. We've gone all the way across to Watson's Bay fighting it. By now, obviously, all the ferries are starting to talk, going, McGlashan's on a fish in the harbour. It looks like he's on a big shark. So the next thing you know, there's choppers on top of us. There's boats following us around, all the recreational boats, all the leisure boats are following us. There's tours. There's guys coming out in taxis, water taxis, to watch us. Like, I've never fought it in my life. I never thought anything like this would happen. So it went all the way across to Watson's Bay. Then it came all the way back in uh, just inside Bradley's head there. And there's a marker there, a cardinal marker that we almost hit because Mal's driving. I'm going, just get between us and that shark. We have to get between the marker. We have to end up scratching the boat to make sure the fish stays on the outside. These are the commitments. No wonder my boats get beaten up, but we catch the fish. And anyway, Craig, the cameraman, goes, can we get it to go around? You know, I'd love a shot with the Harbour Bridge and all that. And I went, oh, yeah, no worries, mate. The fish swam straight around the corner and directly to where DeGelder got eaten. Like, it was bizarre. Of course, Craig still thinks this day that I guided it to it. You know, it was my fishing skill. But I won't go into that. Yes, it was. It was 100% my skill. And when we got this fish up, it's this beautiful big bull shark. I think it was, I don't remember, 220-something kilos. It was quite a solid fish, a couple hundred kilos. Like, it was a big fella. 
get up the boat. So you've got all these people around. You've got the ferries pulling up, all the fast ferries and everyone's stopping. Craig's loving it because he's getting these great photos. Poor old Mel's trying to drive and have a cigarette, trying to uh, stress it out, trying to get it up. And we get this thing up beside the boat and it's this beautiful big shark. Now, I'd never, ever kill one. I'm against killing big sharks. I think we should be letting them all go. So just be clear on that. If you don't eat it, don't kill it. It's really simple. And we got it up and... The silly thing is, fisheries were out doing their satellite tagging. Do you think they came over and helped? No. They could have come over and we could have got a sat tag in this fish. That's what we should have done. Anyway, they were probably busy. So we get it up and you've got, now picture this. So you've got all these boats around. You've got choppers over the top of you. Craig's going mad taking photos. And you get this people yelling out, kill it, kill it. And other people yelling, let it go, you mongrel fisherman. Talk about abuse. And they're going, I'd never kill it. Fishermen are the true conservationists. We let them go. And these Muppets are yelling out at you, kill it, not let it go, murder it. So you know what I did? Got it up beside the boat, unhooked it and let it go. But my God, it went off its tree. Everyone went mad. It was the front cover of the Daily Telegraph, which was Australia's biggest paper. And everyone went absolutely crazy on it. And you know the best part? It's still swimming. So when it comes to Sydney Harbour, the variety of fish is almost too much because it, it's it's hard to fish. Do you chase dewies? Do you go flathead fishing? Do you go brim fishing? Do you chase kingies? Do you go and catch marlin? Because remember, I catch marlin in the heads there every year as well. Do you go and chase blackfish? Do you go up the river, estuary perch? Do you go whiting fishing on the flats? This is all just in the harbour. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick my favourites. I'm going to do kingies because I love catching kingies and Sydney Harbour has some insane kingy fishing. But then I'm going to go, let's go into just fishing light tackles, plastics and all that through the boats and just exploring because you catch variety and chasing pelagics. That is a lot of fun. So I'm going to highlight and we're going to go through a couple of different ways and look at these species and what works and what doesn't work and what works for me. And remember, if there's one thing I want you to take away from this is how it works for me is not always the best way. You can always improve on it. So listen to my techniques and go, oh, that's good. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to add to that. So let's start with kingies. Oh, I love kingfish. Yellowtail kingfish, ever since the kingfish traps were banned in 96, the fishing's got better and better. Once they pulled the commercial fishing out, or mainly the prawn trawling out, the food source went up through the roof. Because bear in mind now, I see kingies right up past Gladesville Bridge on a regular basis. And you get this amazing thing when they're up there feeding on the prawns, they push up against the tide right along the bank, so it looks like a wake going along, and they're smashing it and crashing into it. It is the most exciting fishing you can ever have, except you never land a bloody fish because they absolutely cane you every time because there's all the wolves and moorings. and But seeing them all up there thrashing and crashing is insane. And it shows how far they're going back up the system. So there's two ways to catch the kings. One is light tackle because they're doing a lot of surface feeding and it's generally the smaller fish that you target during that. The other way is chasing the big boys. Now, you get metre fish up there. Can you believe it? Meet a fish. In fact, recently up in Middle Harbour, they had a massive bite and I think some of the charters were catching sort of 30 and 40 fish in a week over a metre. Now, luckily, the charters like Maddie and Stewie and Vic and Nick all let their fish go. 
Oh, and Emerson as well. They let the big meteries go. This is vital for the harbour. It is absolutely, it should be criminal to kill those big fish. Would you kill a big flathead? No. So why should you kill a big kingfish? And they're the best ones for catch and release. So what's really interesting with these fish, so up in Middle Harbour with this concentration, a number of years ago, I did an acoustic tagging study on kingfish. So what we're doing is catching the kingies, putting acoustic tags in them, and up and down the coast, we've got all these radio beacons, I suppose, that or um, receivers. So whenever these fish swam past them, it would pick up and be fish 2372, whatever it is, you know. So we went and tagged a heap of them, and it was pretty full on because you're actually cutting them open, sticking a tag in its guts, stitching up, letting it go. So, yeah, it's pretty full on for the fish. They all survived, so don't worry. So no greenies can complain about it because this is research. You need to do this. And what we found that was really interesting was that a ton of those fish ended up swimming up into Middle Harbour. Now, we never said anything back in those days. We kept it quiet, didn't do anything, because exactly what happened. When they found them and it got promoted on Facebook and social media, there were like 70 boats in the bays hitting them. Now, I'm all for people fishing. Don't get me wrong. But I'm all for everyone doing the right thing. And I'm going to go straight into the bag limits. I'm going to give fisheries a hard time before I get onto our greenie mates. Anyone that takes five kingfish per person has no respect for the fish. None at all. Do you know what? You don't need five fish. You're going to waste some of it. And when they're meter fish, it should be criminal. And how fisheries let people go out and kill that many fish is just absolutely beyond me. So think about it. Meter fish everywhere. You go out. There's three of you on board. That's 15 metres of kingfish you can legally take out of the harbour. And you know what that does? It stuffs it for everyone else because these fish, we're hitting them too hard. In calm water like that, it's not like offshore where they get respite. In there, because you can fish pretty much every day, they got hammered. And we're seeing the recapture rate is through the roof. Do you know what? Kingfish have the highest recapture rate of the tagging program. It's exponentially high because we're hitting them too hard. It's great because we're letting them go. But in Sydney Harbour, we've got to look after them better. Five fish per person is bullshit. So New South Wales Fisheries, get off your ass and fix it. For Christ's sake, no one wants it. Do you know what? I've never kept five fish. And everyone I know has never kept five fish. Who needs, you know, five metres of kingfish each? There's nothing wrong with taking a few fish. Don't get me wrong but don't take more than you can use because you know why? Because you waste it. And I've seen how people fill at fish and what ends up happening. We go to the extreme levels and we're going to do a whole podcast. Already actually advised me on it before, how to maximise on a fish so you take everything. That's respect to the fish. You go and do these half-assed fillets and say you're doing the right thing and then give it away. You don't give away all your fish. You do it properly. You waste nothing. That's respect for the fish. Sorry I get angry about it, but seeing all those boats up there and hearing the reports and hearing that fisheries didn't even go and check the boats, come on, guys. There's a tiny minority, like any industry or any any group, that do the wrong thing. The rest of us are doing the right thing, and we're suffering for those people. Bloody frustrating. Not that I get angry or passionate about these things, you know. That's, that's all right. So, 
Oh, God, it made me mad. So in the harbour, the kingies are unreal, but these big ones, when it comes to catching them, there's one way. And 99% of the time, that means live squid or fresh squid. Now, the problem is, I hate catching squid. You do it in Victoria, there's tons of squid. In New South Wales, they're a lot bloody harder and a lot smaller. They are one of the biggest uh, biomasses in the ocean, so they're fine. But things got harder when, and I'm going to give New South Wales fisheries another smash here because this is the dumbest thing. Kingies is one thing, but get this. In Sydney Harbour, we've got a couple. It's a very restricted waterway already. So what we've got is a whole, you know, you can't fish in, in the shipping channels. That takes out a lot, man, or you can't anchor or stop. You can't restrict traffic in the channel. So that realistically means fishing is very limited. We've got habitat protection zones, I suppose you'd call them, which is all about shellfish and crayfish, which up in North Harbour and across Manly, all those sort of areas. We've got exclusion zones with the Navy, with harbour authorities, all these things. So in the harbour, we actually have limited areas to fish. But get this, New South Wales fisheries have this, there's a bunch in there that are radicals that do the wrong thing. So they're the ones that went and tried to do, they got money for research to prove that fishing was destroying sanctuary zones at Port Stephens, you know, really stupid things whoever does this you need to be sacked i'm telling you right now you need to go you should not be working for the government because you're you're stealing our money that's how bad it is so another one of these little turkeys and i'm trying to find out who made the decision looked at north harbour and said rightio you can fish in there so you can catch fin fish but you can't go in there and catch mollusks so that's crayfish because what they were doing was stopping people taking the shellfish that's a good thing shellfish are important but you could go and fish. You know what some little dimwit and fisheries did? And it's in the Marine Parks bunch. It's that side of it, which always seemed to come up as issues. And our ex-minister, Noel Blair, learnt the hard way that the people in, in his own department are not always helping him. So some little dimwit in there decided that squid are actually mollusks. So after, I think it's been in there for 20 years, this, this sanctuary sort of zone or or well, proper sanctuary zone because you can fish in it, decided that it was illegal to fish for squid. Can you believe that? After 20-year precedent of doing it, this dimwit turned up and goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you can't fish for squid in it. Well, he's hidden. He won't tell us. They won't tell us who actually said this and put this up and tried to change the rules to suit themselves to interpret it. Well, everyone's still fishing there for squid because this is the dumbest thing. These people are meant to be helping you. And that's one of the main areas for squid. And this is why we're talking about kings. Because up in North Harbour is one of the best spots to do it. So I'm not sure if what the rules are. Everyone's backed away from it because it was so stupid and embarrassing. I'm pretty sure it's gone now. But And I'm seeing people squid fishing in there all the time. Although be careful when you go into quarantine point because the people in there try and tell you that it's a sanctuary zone that you're not allowed to fish. You are allowed to fish in there. You should not be anchoring on the seagrass beds. That's logical. They don't tell you that. But you're allowed to fish in there. So when they do it, take a photo of them and report them for harassment. God, I'm on fire today. This is going off. All right, back to catching squid. Smaller squid jigs up on the kelp beds, seagrass beds, all around the harbour. So you've got Lady Jane, you've got 
uh, Obelisk Bay, any weather's kelp, casting smaller squid jigs around works a treat. In the deeper water, use a Paternoster rig and drift. That works as well. And get those squid live. The smaller ones are the best ones, I reckon. And they are absolutely vital to catching big kings. And I'm not going to go into all the details for catching squid because if you listen to me, you'll probably catch less, to be honest with you. I get Tom and Jim and everyone else to come out with me and catch them. And then I watch. I hate catching them. So bloody hard. And they do get a lot of pressure. So move around. Keep moving, moving, moving. And one little tip. Anywhere there's a nudist beach is good squid fishing. How on earth that works? If it's a nudist beach, you get better squid fishing. If anyone can figure that out, come back to me and tell me. Okay, live squid is really good. Fresh dead squid that you've caught that day is also really good. So squid strips, squid heads, you cut them in half. And Nick Martin, who works for um, Ocean Hunter Sport Fishing, showed me this trick where you the biggest squid that are too big to use, cut the head in half with a double, uh, uh, a snell double rig of circle hooks and sink that down beside marker boys around the structure, anchoring up, we'll go into that in a minute, is absolutely dynamite. Baits can work, uh, like fish baits can work okay, and at the moment, apparently up Middle Harbour, it's working better than the squid are for some reason, but generally, squid are the key. So, you've caught your bait, next step, where do we do it? This is the beauty of Sydney Harbour because the kingies are everywhere. They're underneath the Sydney Harbour Bridge. They're upstream around the marker boys from um, going on. They're downstream. Anything, the wedding cakes, any boys up in the middle harbour, through the Spit Bridge, up round to Seaforth Bluff, all these areas hold kings. Down at, you've got um, Old Man's Hat at the entrance there. All these spots are loaded with kings. So there's a couple of ways you can do it. One is... You can anchor up and sit there. And the kings, because they'll do a circle, they'll come back round. So squid bait sitting down below the boat. Uh, down rigging, which covers a lot more ground. I prefer doing that if I'm going to do it. You can also drift past. So some of the marker boys, you know, drift past it. And I prefer to drift because if I hook a big king, I can drive out or drive in and push him out. So the wedding cakes can be really good. Now, generally speaking, the lower harbour works really well for bigger kings in the summer and autumn months. Interestingly, the upper reaches work better in the spring and the winter. I don't know why why these fish go up in there. So this winter, they've had that awesome bite up in Middle Harbour. Yesterday out in the harbour, there's the solid kings up on the surface, up near the harbour bridge. This time of year, it's ridiculous. So in different areas, different times. The great thing is they mark up really well in your sound. So if you're downrigging, you can see them. So as soon as you see the school, you, you, there's no question you're on kings. When it comes to hooking them and fighting them, that's a whole new thing. Now, I use a double on VMC circles with the real big ones, especially around the markers. So the wedding cakes in particular, they're covered in um, barnacles and growth and old fishing gear. As soon as you go hook up anything there, they're going to try and get under it. And when they try and get under it, they're going to smash you up big time. So you've got to get that fish out. So fish heavy. So like people look at you turning up with a stellar 20,000, mate, then they see you land the fish you land. And talking me to fish out of there, I mean, I remember oh, one of the yellow markers I was fishing, uh, Nick Martin was fishing there, and he caught nine fish over a metre in one session, 
which is not only insane, but it's insane doing the harbour because you've got the harbour bridge and, and the opera house and everything in the background. You're doing this in Sydney. It's unreal fishing. It really is. So fish heavy for the big ones. Move around. Anywhere there's baits, always good, but they do seem to be structure-oriented. And you can always work where they are, you know. Just keep moving. Generally, running tide's the best thing for me. Now, as good as the big kings are, I've got to say, I really love catching the smaller stuff on top water. In fact, you know what? You can catch the big fillers on top water around the markers. It's big stick baits and poppers casting in around the markers if you're early morning or when no one's done it for a while can be absolutely dynamite. The only problem, it's bloody expensive. I haven't landed. I've hooked about God knows how many fish over a metre and I've had to go swimming to get my gear back. And I still haven't caught one of those damn big ones off the market. So don't use your fancy poppers. Don't use your fancy stick baits. Go and use a good one, a good one that catches fish like Halco Sly Dog. It's 18 bucks or something. Much better system. Don't use expensive ones because it can get, well, let's put it this way. It hurts when you lose those big fancy fillers. So on top, this is the other side. When the fish are up on top, when the kingies are up on the surface, it is unreal fun. And they're up boiling. And, and kings, this is a really important part. When you see kings, they're usually really subtle on top. So what you do is you see boiling and rippling. They sometimes have a lot of birds with them, but a lot of the time they don't have any birds on them at all. So when you see that slight disturbance, it ends up being a massive patch of kings. So when the kingies are on top, there's a couple of things. In fact, we're going to go into the other species as well now because we're talking top water. So when the pelagics are up and you get salmon, tailor, frigates, you get um, mac tuners, and of course the kings. Kings are very subtle. So what you see is this subtle ripple a lot of the time. Bonito, messy. Tailor, messy. So they always have lots of birds on it, lots of splashing. Salmon can be very, normally a lot of birds, but less splashing and more at times they get the whole surface foaming. You know, it can be unreal. Sadly, we're seeing a lot less salmon these days because um, fisheries minister ages ago, she opened up, I've forgotten her name. She was a very memorable person. She opened up the salmon fishing for nothing more than trap bait. And we've lost those big schools. So you used to go to places like North Head, guaranteed salmon. Guaranteed such a great thing. I had recently, I had the guys out from Yeti, cameraman Nick, who's a bloody good photographer, and Oliver White, fly fisher and said right he wanted to catch an Aussie salmon and it used to be guaranteed do you think I could do it for international relations no nah, they'd gone such a sad state that a catch and release fishery like that that should be there has gone because of short-term greed just stupidity guys come on these sort of places we need to look after mind you if I'm talking stupidity wait till they get on the marine park issues for Sydney oh my god fisheries you're in trouble again and the dumbass greenies, you're going down. But we're talking fishing first. So with the whole idea is that you see the surface action. This is, you don't just race over to it. First thing you do is you look at the fish, work out which way they're feeding and get in front of it. Now, salmon will generally feed into the breeze. Kings should feed into the breeze, but they do have this habit of going in all directions and Thing. And as I said, the salmon will normally sort of boil and yeah, they're a lot more subtle. So you can see what fish are in there. And remember, you quite often get a mix and you can get everything. 
So Mark Burrows from Channel 9, so you see him on the news all the time. He wanted to come out and do a story on a feel-good story on how good the harbour is. So we picked him and the cameraman up at Rose Bay, drove to the closest patch of boats, which is like a couple hundred metres away, and here's this massive patch of birds working in amongst the boats, drove over, he cast, I cast, and Cooper cast. We caught a salmon, a tailor, and a kingy. So these fish really do mix up, and it, yes, it did make a great story for the, for nine years, but it was great. You know, all these fish often mix up. So when you look at it and go, oh, it looks like there's kings there. Oh, no, I caught a salmon. You get a mix in there. So that's another thing to be really aware of. And they at different times, they'll be sitting in different spots. So normally I get out early morning, I'm up and I'm looking. And the other day when I was just out, or that I were out fishing, we had patches of kings up, lots of kings at the moment, which was great, but they were up near the bridge. Next thing, they're down near the zoo, down towards Bradley's Point, and then they're back up again and oh, they're all over the place. So every day is different on top. But when the fish are on top, you've got to get in front of school. So don't drive up behind them. Get around the front. Now, it's like tackle. We're talking, you know, your stratics, two and a half thousand size, Zodius rods, those sort of things. You're fishing suffix braid. And I'm telling you the stuff I'm using because this makes the casting easier because quite often using light plastics, those little Halco poppers, all these things are very hard to cast. You want to be able to get it out. And what we do is you get round upwind of them so that normally, hopefully, fish are coming towards you and then cast back into the school. Do not come up behind because the birds are normally, birds will always feed into the breeze, remember that? The fish may not always be pushing into the breeze. So try and read what the fish are doing in front and don't come up from behind. You're behind the action. Get in front of the action so it's coming towards you. Have everyone ready on board. What we do is we're driving up on the school, go, right, we're on the port side. Everyone's there rigged and ready. They've got the bail arms open. As soon as you pull up, they're casting. And this is where it's really important. Don't just cast and hope for the best. As you're coming in on the school, get all the anglers going, looking for the hardest, most concentrated patch of action. Because the more action there is, the more likely they're going to eat it. So think of it this way. If you're walking down the road and there's, let's say, 50 bucks sitting in the road. And I think I've explained this before, but this is where it's really important. There's a $50 note sitting there. Looks a bit weird. You're not sure about it, but then you see five blokes walking down the other way. Would you go and grab it quickly? Yes. If no one's there, would you look at it a bit more sus and go, what the hell's going on here? Well, that's exactly what the fish do. Well, you're not casting $50 bills at them. When that plastic goes in or when that little popper's there, if they're a little bit nervous and they're on their own, so you're not casting in the middle of the school, they're looking at it going, well, that doesn't look like everything else I've been eating. They hesitate for a second, you might miss the bite. But if there's 10 of them there, they're all hungry, they're all grabbing at everything, and you put it on top of that, you get a bite. So does that make sense, what I'm saying there? That if they can question it, you don't want to cast. You want to cast where there's no question, that they eat it straight away. So as you come up, look for that, that tightest concentration of action and cast in there, and the amount of times you get hooked up immediately is unreal. The other thing that works really well while we're talking on this is yes, we use leaders like fluorocarbon, suffix, and all those sort of important things. But what I've been doing is keep the rod tip high so the leader's out of the water. So with little, you know, um, mad-eye prawns, flick sticks, any stick bait plastics, all those sort of things, the poppers, you keep the rod tip up a little bit 
that keeps your leader out of the water. They're feeding on the surfs. They're not always feeding on like right on the surfs, but quite often that's the trick that will catch you the fish. So it's these little things that you want to do. As soon as you hook up, everyone else should be cast down over the top of you. Don't pull your gear out when someone's got a fish on. Get on top of them, get two on, get three on, because if that school drops down and doesn't come back up, you want to catch as many as you can. And for the guys trolling, do not troll through these schools. Just cast to them. It's the only way. So, you know, when you get in there, you get in position, you cast, all good. Some black trolls over the top of them. Don't troll over them. Troll around them if you have to troll. Casting's a lot better, though. And also, because, you know, now in winter it's a bit quieter, but in the summer when there's a few boats on it, work together. Don't drive through the school. Drive around the school. And if someone's coming the other side, just work together. You can all fish next to each other. And if some guy yells at you, oh, move away, this is my spot, there is no spot. It's Sydney Harbour. It's the busiest spot on earth. You can park right next to each other, but be courteous and work together. It'd be nice to see a few less people carrying on out there and a few more people enjoying the fishing. And most importantly, this is largely catch and release fishery. So get them up, unhook them gently and let them go and then get back to the school again, catch another one. And to be able to do it right in front of Sydney Harbour Bridge, how bloody good is that? How Where else in the world can you do this style of fishing? Like yesterday we're out catching kingies, literally in front of Kirribilli House, right in front of ScoMo's joint, you know. And I might add, it's really good to see him at the last election, Scott Morrison, that is, he's our Prime Minister, to stand up and say that he prom- he's promoting fishing. And in fact, the other day at the Australian Fishing Tackle Trade Association, we had the big gala dinner, he put up an announcement saying, backing it again. It is such a nice change to see the federal government supporting fishing. It's bloody gold because there's three to five million of us out there and we're doing the right thing. Yeah, there's a few people doing the wrong thing, but you know what? There's a few people speeding as well. We're always going to have a few little shit characters that don't do their bloody job. The rest of us are all pushing and conservation-minded. That's the key. Now, before I go into fishing for the bottom and all that sort of, you know, the variety fishing that's so much fun, we're going to touch on marine parks because we just talked about SCOMO and supporting fishing. Our very new... So I've just talked about how SCOMO, you know, that the federal government supported fishing and to their credit, they've been really good. Can you believe that the New South Wales Liberal government went against fishing? Now, this is a Labor thing normally. you got Tony Burke, who's anti-fishing and always attacking us, and not surprisingly, they keep losing the elections because they want to block Australians out, stop them fishing. It's Australian way of life. So New South Wales, and it's quite interesting, I know we have to get into politics because it's important for us to protect ourselves from idiots. So New South Wales, and we had Noel Blair, who was the, the fisheries minister at the time, he promised me, there was nothing going on. And when we had these little green eastern suburbs politicians going, oh, we need more marine parks. No, nope, nothing's going on. Nothing's going on. So I stuck my neck out when everyone asked me and said, no, 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 they promised me nothing's going on. Well, I was going to see Shane Ralph, who's a longliner, and we're doing the Bluefin doco, which is just being released later this year. And I got a call saying, oh, the, tomorrow there's an announcement. I said, what do you mean an announcement? And Noel goes, oh, we're introducing marine parks into Sydney. New South Wales Liberal Party screwed us from behind. I, to this day, I can't fathom how dumb they were to do that. And what happened was, and while this is this is 
politics, but this is about Sydney Harbour. And what it's done is set the precedent for the rest of the country. So what happened was, because you've got New South Wales' biggest fishing population around the Sydney Harbour and, you know, Sydney, there's, I think there's four or five million people in there now. It might be six million in Sydney. It's a big area. And guess what? Everyone goes fishing. It set the wheels in motion for the first time where the whole angling community stepped up to the plate and said, no. And we made the government turn around. Like we put it in the paper and what I did was I got on to Channel 9 and Channel 7 and and instead of, because people whinge about the media not doing it, what you do with the media is really simple. You just go to them and say, right, I've got all the footage. We want to do a story on showing how good the harbour is. Make their job easier. So I supplied all the footage to them. So we got it on the news. Even the ABC, can you believe that? The ABC put in a thing about fishing. Because what they were going to do is, just to clarify, is basically from the Central Coast down to Wollongong is shut up half of it. Just lock it up so you can't go there fishing. You could dive in there. You could put your anchor down and drag it across the bottom and rip the bottom to pieces, but you could not go in there and catch a fish and let it go. I know, it sounds so stupid, it's ridiculous. This is on top of all the restrictions we've already got. So you've already got massive, you know, you've got shipping channels, you've got harbour restrictions, you know, maritime restrictions, you've got obviously the Navy are in there as well, all these restrictions. So you're basically shutting down fishing across much of the Sydney Basin. And to this day, I'm still fuming about the fact that they would do it. I mean, and even worse, New South Wales Fisheries, and you've got some good blokes in there that support us, the little dimwits, again under Marine Parks, or whatever they call themselves, Marine Parks Authority in there, put up on their own Facebook social thing saying, isn't it great? Well, you know what? Ever who did that needs to be sacked. This goes back to what I was saying before. Government employees need to be responsible for their actions. And these people that do that, I can't understand. Noel Blair ended up losing his job over it. He ended up resigning because his own people screwed him from behind. And the blokes are fishermen. Like, I would have gone in there and cleaned out the ranks of fisheries. I would have gone in there with a... Well, I'd go in with a baseball bat, but I don't know if you can do that in their job. And tap all these blokes, go, you're out, you're out, you're out. Clean out the ranks and put some people in there that honestly care about the environment. Not these little ferals that don't understand because the way to look after the environment is simple it's educate them teach them to enjoy it don't lock it up get them out there enjoying it because if they enjoy it they want to look after it they appreciate it and sydney harbour is a classic example the fishing's getting better and better and better and fishing is going there's more people fishing there and yet you still get these these, oh, was it marine conservation science blokes that just go radical? I remember one they were saying there were no fish, there were no legal fish left in the harbour. So the ABC rang up and said, oh, we'd just done an interview with, I think it was Booth or someone, some bloke like that that's anti fishing and anti everything because he wants to have the, he's a diver, so he wants everything to himself. Went out and they get it in and said, there's no thing. So ABC rang me up and said, I'll show you size fish. Picked them straight up in the boat. Gave them half. Said, give me half an hour to get your size fish. Drove straight around the corner and caught size fish. Caught massive salmon. They go, I can't believe how many big fish there are. I said, the place is full of them. It's unreal. But you're getting biased science there. That's not science. That's just 
propaganda. Needless to say, we fixed that one. So yeah, so with this, so it got everyone going. It got the whole of Sydney, every nationality jumped on board. It was awesome. And you know what? The government had to had to backflip because an election's coming up. They would have lost if they hadn't done it. They would have been in dire straits. And I still really scratched my head that New South Wales Fisheries would do this stuff. You know, and the minister, I'm not sure even who the minister is these days, and hopefully we'll meet up with him soon to sit there and go, fishermen want to look after it. It's important. But don't lock us out. Locking us out is not the answer. Management is the key. I keep saying this in all of mine. As for you little dimwit greenies that tried to do it, suffer. We showed you what you did. You've got no idea what you're talking about. God, I'm getting aggressive this time. But you know what? I want my kids to go fishing. I want them to walk down to the local wharf and go fishing because that's what all kids do. Get them off the screens and get them out there. But if these guys get in, you'll never be able to fish in Sydney Harbour, which is one of our most iconic places, and it's right on our doorstep. But the great thing is at the end of that is that after all this was done, it has now set the precedent for Australia that marine park lockouts are not good. So federally, we're not too bad. State-wise, we've got absolute disasters. If you look at South Australia, what they've done, they did put all these stupid marine parks in, which were guaranteed to make snapper, you know, the snapper, because marine parks magically make all the fish breed and you have an overflow effect. Well, guess what? South Australia didn't work. We're now having a closure on snapper. They've put increasing restrictions on them and it's still not working. Get rid of the marine parks for starters, boys. Get out and start managing your fish stocks. Don't start locking everyone out because it didn't work. That's it. So the precedent has been set for everyone in Australia and worldwide. It doesn't work. The best way to look after it is to manage it. There's certain areas we shouldn't be anchoring if the fish are spawning in certain areas. So the precedent has been set in Sydney that lockouts do not work. We've seen it. This magical thing that the fish, all fish magically spawn in marine parks is crap because we don't do the science. We don't know where most of the fish are spawning. So it's not even working as we've seen in South Australia. But do you know the important thing? It has set the precedent. Because we stopped it and overturned it, we now need to start pushing and opening up sanctuary zones to fishing. Non, non-extractive, just catch and release only, no fish on board, that's what we can do going forward. Plays like South Australia can now use Sydney as a precedent for fixing it. So even though it happened in Sydney, everywhere in Australia, in fact, across the world, can use that as a precedent for fixing up these stuff-ups. Mind you, the rest of the world doesn't have it like us. Everywhere else in the world, you go and fish in a marine park. In Australia, apparently it's illegal, something that, you know, it's just madness. And I get angry about it because Sydney Harbour is this amazing spot that you can fish. It's right on your doorstep. And there's already restrictions everywhere. Why would you put more on? We want kids fishing. We want them out there. We don't want to stop it. And if these guys had got in and got these marine parks through, there would be no fishing in Sydney. The whole Sydney basin would be pretty much shut down because I'd give up because it's so hard. There's nowhere left to fish. And guess what? There's tons of fish out there. All right. Now, I have fired up a bit on this one, and it's not bad news because Sydney is an amazing spot and but I just get so angry with people that don't understand that don't get on the water and not they're listening to these idiots we need to look after the environment but we need to do it in a sensible manner that does it for the fish and not for some 
latte-sipping greenie that has no idea what he's talking about. I know it's rude, but that's what it is. Now, the great thing about Sydney, because we're going to finish on a high, because it's an amazing fishery that we just need to look after even more and more. So one of the best ways to fish the harbour is get little plastics, little vibes, and go and drift through all the bays, all, all amongst the moorings, around the wharfs, just flicking light plastics and lures and exploring around, and you can catch dozens of species of fish. Now, I did, years and years ago, I did big fish, small boats with Mel Holland. I think we caught 20 species in a morning. That's how great the harbour is. So Elizabeth Bay, Rose Bay, up in Manly there, Middle Harbour, anywhere up the Parramatta River, even right into uh, underneath the Anzac Bridge there and all those places, everywhere. And the great thing is, and the great thing is, you can do it from any boat. You can do it from a tinny, you can do it from a cruiser, just drifting along, flicking little plastics or vibes, you know, bouncing around, have a little popper ready because you've seen any surface action, you can cast out like one of those little Halco rooster poppers and it's unreal. We've caught massive flathead, we've caught dewies. There's a great one where I was up the river and I'm flicking on a little 1,000 size outfit hooked up in a metre of water to a metre long dewey and had to chase it all the way across the river. Ferries are going up the river because it's so busy. They had to go around me fighting this fish, caught this great big metre dewey and it's on my YouTube channel. You watch it, it is great. One of those, little, I think it's under the one minute videos. It's an awesome fight. You know the best part? We let it go. I feel sorry for the poor Jews. They're in such trouble these days. Beautiful fish. But this is it. You just don't know what you're going to catch. And that's what I love about it. Like I've hooked some monster kings doing over the years. Haven't really done that well on landing them in, in amongst all the moorings. But such a peaceful style of fishing. You just cruise along, flicking away. You don't know what you're going to catch next. You know, do it with the kids. Get them out of school. Race down the river, down the Parramatta River, flick and catch a couple of flatties. Get down far enough, you can catch them and take home a feeder fish if you're down past the bridge, you know. But you'll go and catch a, catch a few fish. It's almost impossible not to catch a fish. And you don't use bait. It's all on artificials. The key is, and here's the little tips for it, light gear. If you're fishing on the bottom, which is flatties, brim, tons of baby snapper in there, flounder, all those sort of things, you've got to keep in touch with the bottom. So little vibes work well, little plastics with a heavy head. As you're drifting along, casting downwind. So you cast it the way you're drifting. Let it sink to the bottom, lift the rod up so the bait comes up off the bottom or the lure comes up off the bottom and then drop the rod down. And you watch your line and as the line goes out, stops, you're in touch with the bottom. Keep working it back. So it's like a zigzag back from the bottom. And that works on all species. And of course you have your little you know, plastics ready to, uh, like a stick bait or a popper ready to go because you'll see kingies and salmon and tailor and you catch them all on the bottom there as well, but you catch them off the top at times too. You get dewies doing it. It is the best fun. And the great thing is, is you pull in and get a coffee. So you wander across, you fish a couple of bays, catch a pile of fish, pull in one of the bays, walk in, get a coffee, go back out and do it again. God, you can go across to Hugo's up in Manly there pull up and go and get pizzas, the best pizzas on the harbour. Go and see Adam and the boys have pizzas for lunch. Now, this is civilised fishing on a whole new level. Like, how good is it? The great thing is it's calm, so you can do it with the kids. So this is a perfect way to get 
your daughters out fishing. I know some of us are taking our sons, but let's get all the girls out there. Bring the wife out. It's so easy to do. Sneak out, flick a few lures around. It's just easy fishing. If you go up in some of the back bays, say like Iron Cove, Lane Cove River, all those spots, you can go and catch, you can troll in a tinny. The kids can take the tin out. You can do it in a kayak. Do you know what you can even do? You can even go out and do it with walking place so on cove. You can walk along the shore casting and catch fish. You can do it if you're land-based. You can go and fish if you want to catch the bigger fish. Pier 2, I think it is, underneath the Harbour Bridge. Um, Blues Point, all these spots. Sydney Harbour is an amazingly... It, it's insane how much... how many fishing opportunities are there. And it's right on our doorsteps. But we do need to work on our runoff. Now, I was talking about marine parks before. Marine parks don't fix it. We need to sort out the runoff in Sydney. Suburbia is growing and everything off our roads is going in the water. The amount of pollution up the river at the moment, and we've got dioxins in the seabed, which we're not going to get rid of. So let's just let's just ignore that. But all the plastic, all the bottles, you know, all that stuff is getting in the water. Now, I don't see a lot of one-use bags from... Safeway and Coles are now charging us, and or what is it, Woolworths and Coles these days that charge us now for bags. I don't see one-use bags in there because everyone uses them again and again. What I do see is lots of Mount Franklin water bottles, Coke cans, all this stuff. Maccas. Maccas is everywhere. All those things. Coffee cups. You know what you need to do? You need to get yourself a Yeti cup. You need to get yourself a Yeti bottle and start reusing and do your bit for the environment because that'll make Sydney Harbour better. And anything... Don't let anyone rubbish. All the rubbish flowing in doesn't happen right around the harbour. It's not fishermen and the users. It's way out through the whole of Sydney Basin because it, all our drains feed straight into the water. And we need to fix. That's our next step with making it better for the harbour. Fix our bag limits as well because we want more fish. We don't want sustainable fishing. We want to enhance it. So if we go and catch five kingies, tomorrow our mates can catch ten. And, of course, we're not keeping them. We're letting some go. Keep enough to eat. Because I love eating fish. We got it for dinner tonight. We had it for dinner last. We had tuna last night. But we need to look after it. So that is it. I know I've ranted and raved a bit about this one. But Sydney Harbour is an absolutely amazing fishery. And it's something that everyone should be able to share and enjoy. It's busy because there's a lot of boats on. So you always have to take a lot of care and know your, you know your boating rules, for God's sake, guys. But... It is probably one of the most unique fisheries in the world. And as a destination to fish, I don't think there are many other people. And as a destination to fish, I don't think there are many other places that rival it. Honestly, it is that good. So check out Sydney Harbour. I'm Al McGlushen and this is Fishing With Mates. Yahoo!